Hello, everybody, and welcome to an exciting, exciting event. This is a first official episode for Valley Vibes, a new podcasting channel for Avon Canton Chamber of Commerce. My name is Michael Mazeritsky. I'm with Milestone Asset Management Group. I'm also the president of Avon Canton Chamber of Commerce for the next 10 months or so. And my co-host for today is Adam. Adam, you want to just quickly introduce yourself? Yep. Adam Herelic, loan officer with Norcom Mortgage. Very good. Welcome. And today is, 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 is very exciting times because we have our first guest in studio, which is kind of cool to see people in person. Uh, today we have Shelly Christ. Is that said say yes. correctly? Very good. And uh, Shelly is with Hope for Healing. And today's episode is going to be about 30 minutes long. And we're going to spend some time discussing some very important topics, especially relative to me and Adam, since we both have kids. Right. And uh, Shelly, do you want to just quickly introduce yourself? Sure. My name is Shelly Christ. I'm a nurse practitioner. I specialize in mental health. Um, I have about 35 years experience in that field. And we just opened a new um, health, uh, behavioral health care center here in Avon and, and joined the chamber, which is lovely. Um, and we offer services to all age groups, um, anyone struggling with depression, anxiety, or post-traumatic stress. That's awesome. Well, we are glad to have you join us. Um, and we'll just kind of go back and forth with questions here with Adam. We don't really have a good flow. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about the mission of your, uh, yes. your business, and then we can go from there. So um, after 35 years, we have, um, m- me and my partners have actually dedicated most of our life to serving people who struggle with mental health difficulties. So this is a dream come true for us to be able to have this office here in Avon, um, where we have created an environment that is welcoming. Um, We um, offer positive regard for people, radical acceptance. We um, have created a salon, if you will, spa type atmosphere. So it's not like going to a doctor's office and sitting in a waiting room with a bunch of people. We try to meet the needs of everybody. So our hours are wide. Um, If we have people who need to come after work or after school, we're available in the evening. We're also available on weekends. Um, So we're really just trying to meet anyone's need who who comes to us and says that I'm struggling right now. Perfect. And that works in perfectly with our sort of topic for this podcast, because we realize that obviously mental health is a big part of current society. I mean, it's become such a discussed topic, obviously, with the changes in school starting pretty soon and kids dealing with the whole COVID pandemic in different ways. I'm sure you've seen a big increase in you know, kids needing mental health assistance, whether they know they need it or they don't know they need it. But I'm sure there's been a pretty, you know, a jump in that. There absolutely has. And we have had an increase in school is beginning soon. Um, So the quarantine is difficult. The societal pressures that the kids today have to deal with, um, the social media issues, um, these are all uh, being quarantined and away from their friends. So they were fairly isolated uh, over the last year. And then having to pull together and actually start attending school again is very difficult. All of these issues um, on top of just being an adolescent and just being a teen and, and the everyday issues that the 
the kids really have to deal with. Um, parents are coming to us and calling us with great concern for their for their young ones, for their adolescents, and for their older teens. Kids are trying to figure out how to manage depression, how to manage anxiety and fears associated with what's happening in our world in general, and going back to school and being um, having to socialize face-to-face again. Yeah, that's a very hot topic. You know, I have four kids. And how many kids do you have? I have two. Mm-hmm. I have two. So. so I got you beat. <laughs> uh, but what do you look for? You know, like for example, my kids go from four years old all the way to 13, mm-hmm. which is a huge spectrum, a huge spread. Like, what do you look for as a parent? Yeah. Uh, as, as a science, as a giveaways, I guess. Right. So it's important as parents that we know the developmental stages that our kids are going through. So like we know what is normal for a four-year-old or a six-year-old, and that's information that can be easily gathered. And and it's information that you actually get to know while you go to your um, children's pediatrician. Um, They'll be asking you specific questions about developmental age. So we need to have a basis of what is our, the developmental stage and what can we expect from our children, right? And each group of children, depending on their age and adolescents and young adults, will offer different symptoms. So a school-ager may all of a sudden start developing stomach aches. Um, They could start showing some regression. In other words, falling back to a period of a younger age, like if they were potty trained and never had an accident, they might start having accidents um, in terms of urinary or, or bowel. Those are things that are changes or regressions. So we always look for that. We look for, um, if in our older kids, we'll look for changes that um, in their overall behavior. Were they once really excited and, and silly and now they're quite sullen or uh, sad and isolative? We look to see if they've had changes in their friend group, um, anything like that. Um, so we're, we're watching our kids where we know our children, right? We know our young, uh, our young people. So when we see something with, that's a significant change, the best thing you can do is intervene really quickly and early and say, hey, what's going on? start a conversation, ask the questions, because lots of times they are going to share when they're feeling bad. They're just sort of waiting for somebody to ask them. Um, and then when you show that as a parent that you're open and you are are interested in wanting to hear from them, they're going to feel a sense of safety and they're going to be able to then talk and know that it will be okay. Um, and if you can't get to the bottom of it and you really think some something's wrong, that's when you might want to enlist a professional. And that can sometimes even be when school starts talking to the teachers, how is my child behaving in class, talking to guidance counselors, or even seeking professional help, like giving us a call over at Hope for Healing. So, so is there, I guess, being a parent mm-hmm. and thinking about, all right, maybe my kid is having some of those, experiencing some of these problems, mm-hmm. which... Some of them are obviously visible. Others may not be. Mm-hmm. Is there a checklist, you know, almost mm-hmm. like a bullet list that a parent could look at and say, yeah. all right, I am seeing some of these changes yeah. or, you know, they may be able not to say self-diagnose, mm-hmm. but at least see that like the early warning signs almost of something may be changing and I need to talk to my kid about it or I may need to talk to their teacher or someone to see what's going on before they, you know, go and look for a therapist. Right. Yeah. So on our website, we actually have a uh, depression uh, checklist 
Okay. And um, you can basically go down that list and, and ask your child. You could do the screening tool with your child or, or the young person can do it themselves. I keep saying child, but I'm meaning like <laughs> from childhood to adolescence. Right. Cause you guys adult. deal with well, all, all age ages. Groups. Um, but one of, so they can answer these questionnaires. They're very quick, like nine items. You know, do you feel down, irritable, helpless, hopeless? Um, are you having trouble sleeping? Um, are you having changes in your appetite? Um, are you having difficulty concentrating? Um, the, are you having any trouble with your friends? Or, you know, what, what are your friends doing in school? Are you feeling accepted and, and welcome and, and fit, feeling like you're fitting in? And kids can answer that. Um, then there's also a screen for, for anxiety. So, you know, do you, are you fidgeting? Are you restless? Um, are you feeling like you're jumping out of your skin? You know, um, do you have peace when you lay down at night to go to sleep or are you tossing and turning? So there, there are uh, checklists online and we have some on our website as well. So parents can kind of pull that off and even review it directly with a child or adolescent. And now is there, you know, it, let's say you work through one of these mm -hmm. checklists. Mm -hmm. Is it a number like, oh, they got three of them they answered yes to. At yes. that point, you should be concerned. If it's one kid has a stomach ache, all right, no big deal. We'll let it go. But if it's, you know, there's some sort of, you know, cutoff, like, all right, once you hit three tar three or more, then we have to go talk to someone. Yep. So there's all different kinds of, of these kind of evidence-based screening tools, which means they've been tested and researched. And it'll tell you if you answered three or more on this scale, then you may want to talk to somebody or you may want to at least bring it up to your pediatrician. The first thing parents should do when something is recognized or there are uh, concerns is to call the pediatrician because a lot of times as kids are developing, we want to make sure that any um, any behavior change or mood change isn't first related to something medical. So pediatricians are very good at screening that, right. and that's the first step. So even if a parent called me and said, "My, you know, my uh, adolescent is experiencing this or that," I would recommend. First, when was the last physical? Go to the doctor, get it ruled out. Then give me a call and let's talk some more. So right, because it could be purely developmental. Could, They're hitting absolutely. puberty and the moods are all off. I know what we're dealing with. <laughs> no, <all> about that. <laughs> yeah. So. I guess I, one of the questions that I want to ask is, you know, you can sit down and you can go through the checklist and, and you can say, gee, you know, I, I think there might be something there mm -hmm. as a parent. But talking about puberty, I have a 13-year-old at home. Mm -hmm. How do you talk to your kid and say, hey, listen, you know, we are a little bit concerned. Mm -hmm. We need to go get some professional help. Like, mm -hmm. how do you position this to a child where they would be more acceptable to sure. kind of making that travel down that path with you versus, mm -hmm. nope, not doing it? I know. So it's so funny because today... Um, kids are pretty open to talking to a therapist. It's not like when I was growing up where you, if you went to a therapist, that, that something <laughs> really is out of, happened right. badly. Like, um, that wasn't something we did back then, but today kids are more open with talking and they actually talk to each other quite a bit. And they're actually pretty open with parents. I'm finding, um, of course there's going to be some kids that aren't 
you know, as open. And especially if we look at the male side, like sometimes the boys don't talk as much as the girls, you know, it's, it's, and sometimes personalities are different, right? And so you might feel like you're pulling teeth with your adolescent, um, but they will then open up pretty good, pretty well to a therapist or someone outside of the family. So if you're talking to your child and you're feeling like, I'm getting nowhere. I know something's wrong. They're not sharing with me. Um, And there's a lot of reasons that they wouldn't share with you as a parent, right? Because they don't want to worry you. They might not want you to uh, get, they don't want to get in trouble. Um, Largely, it's to protect you because they don't want you to worry as, as parents. So then you call us and then we can talk to them and they're much more open. Um, so there isn't a stigma at, like it used to be, I mm-hmm. think. Right. I think it's, it's actually more. more so become, it's becoming so more, so much more mainstream mm-hmm. that people are like, oh, it's cool to have my, here's my therapist. Who's your <laughs> therapist? You know, and, yes. and I found that it's become much more common mm-hmm. right now than this like hidden secretive thing that I go see, I don't say a shrink that's yeah. going to help me because, you know, it is open and kids, mm-hmm. uh, it also probably comes down to what kind of relationship they have with their parent or guardian, you know, and they're, you know, yes. if it's an open, very like open communication, it's easier for them to talk to a parent than it would be if they don't have that relationship. But is there, do you have parents that are obviously calling and saying, Mm -hmm. I don't even know where to go with this. Mm -hmm. Like I have this kid, Mm -hmm. there's something wrong. I don't know what it is and what (laughs) do I do next? Like, would you just schedule, like come talk to us Mm -hmm. and that's how you get the ball rolling or? Yeah. So we take a history on the phone. We, we like talk to the parent and ask them, okay, what specifically are you speaking about? And then we can kind of get a sense of what's happening. If we feel like it's uh, important to get to the pediatrician right away, that's what we'll do. We'll say first, go get a medical, you know, screening and make sure that everything is a okay. If it's um, if after that we will have them come in, we talk with the parent and the adolescent or young person, and then we ask the parent to leave, and then we continue to talk to the young person. It's all about making um, when they come in. It's a, did you ever, you know, try to feed a deer out of your hands like you're or a squirrel? And right. You, if you make a sudden move or go too far, they're going to run. So we have a, a therapists who are very good at be, being very slow and gentle and showing positive regard for the children and um, getting them to feel a, a sense of trust very quickly. Right. Um, so, yeah, um, that's basically what we would do, we would say, come on in and talk. And an initial consult um, is can be an hour and a half. And then sometimes I come out and say to the parent, everything is really okay. You can, we gladly have you come back and talk to us, um, but this is okay. And sometimes the parents are so relieved by that. you know, right. not, Like it's a normal it thing. Is. There's nothing to be worried about it and is. just let it go. Or it's the other yeah. thing. Like we need to continue this discussion mm-hmm. and let's, now are there specific programs that you start with and you know is this i'm guessing it's not a quick heal because it's meant you know it's not a cut that just heals and it's fine you're dealing with mental health that is takes a little more time to work out work it out and get it get it resolved or at least give the kids a plan to work with so what does that look like So we actually have a pretty short-term program that we uh, have and and we're really excited about. It's called uh, Cope to Thrive. This is a manualized approach. It teaches cognitive behavioral 
um, strategies to deal with anxiety and depression. It's a seven-week program, so it is short-term. And the good part about this is that it's good for young children, um, adolescents, young adults, and even adults. And this is a program that actually helps to give us all a sense of competence and mastery over our feelings and our thoughts, giving us a sense that we can control how we think about situations and people and ourselves. And we can also change the way we think. And when that happens, we actually feel better um, and we behave differently, oftentimes better. So we have this program. We use a manual so everybody gets a workbook. There is homework, which is um, all about them. Right. So <laughs> kids, it's not, kids must love the homework. They must love that, yeah. They do, and I'm going to tell you why, because it's all about them. It's all about, all right, well, what do I think? Kids love to hear what we think of them. They love to hear, to like learn stuff about themselves. And so this is like a self-discovery. It's And um, by the way, if they didn't do their homework, we will do that with them. It's not going to be a punishment or no anything detention. like that. No, no detention. <laughs> but so what we do is we identify like, what is, what are you thinking? What are your thoughts about this particular, what's making you sad? And they can share and we can sort of help them identify what that thought is about themselves. Now, unfortunately, most of us have, we have millions of thoughts every day. Most of them are bad about ourselves. We are like, oh, you know, I'm late for work. I'm late again. I'm always late. Um, you know, why can't I pull it together? Or uh, my hair isn't great. I don't know what just happened. I can never style it the way I'm supposed to. Um, I just cut that guy off while I was driving. And oh, no, I can't drive. I'm a terrible driver. So most of our thoughts are awful. And so and if you think about it and you monitor your thinking, you will see that that is true. So what we do with kids and young people and young adults is say, listen, let's talk about what you're thinking. What is your thought like? Like, what are the thoughts about you that you have? So then we write them down and then we say, are those thoughts true um, or are they distorted or are they absolutely untrue? And so we talk to the person about that and say, we find out most of the time that those thoughts are absolutely not true. It might be something that another kid said about them, or it might be something that they were teased by. And so they held on to that. So once we determine that it's not true, we then say, let's talk about what's really true about you. Like, you know, you're a kind person, you're a you're smart, you do well in school, you're, you care about your friends, right? So we pull those things out and we try to extinguish that negative thought and replace it with these other thoughts. So a lot of po almost positive reinforcement, bring out the positive and mm -hmm. get them to forget about that negative stuff they heard. Because usually That's it's right. probably from the, you know, it's environment, right? It's coming yeah, from the outside environment. Someone's saying something yeah. and we know, you know, obviously kids have a lot of the whole other issue, mm -hmm. not just mental health. Then you get into all the bullying, right? Yeah. That's a whole nother world. Yeah, that's of, a, that's of a different problems. can of worms. Yeah. But I guess one of the questions that I would want to know, especially as a parent, is that is is are there any like exercises or something that I can do mm -hmm. with my kids when yeah. they get up in the morning and say, hey, let's start you off with some positivity in yes. your day. How do we infuse that into a children? Because I think a mindset is important. Yeah, it definitely is. So when, uh, as parents, what we need to do, I think is that we need to make sure we're telling our kids how we feel about them. Not just like, oh, I love you. I love you. Even though that's lovely and wonderful, but I love you because. So parents sit down yourselves and say, what do I love about my 
my son or my daughter, what is great about them? And then say those things in a, in a way where you're looking at them face to face and you're saying you are, and you're catching them doing good. So you were so lovely this morning when you ended your shower so that I could get into the bathroom and get ready for work because we were all running late, something like that. So taking the time to say, you know, as, as often as you can, what you love about that kid, what's great about that kid, what, what is like special and different about them? Because when you do that, you're giving specific examples and they're going to be able to take that in and hear it because they're going to know it's true. You know, as moms, we might be all over our kids saying, oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. And that's nice. But why do you love me? They don't often hear that. And sometimes we don't verbalize that because we don't think we need to because we love them so much. Right. So um, I will often grab, you know, my son is 20 now and you and I do this with his friends, but I take their <laughs> face in my hands like an old lady that I am and I, and I look them in the eye and I say, you are so smart. How did you figure that out? And they, you could see them, feel them like they soak it in and it's the truth. What I'm saying to them is true and they're hearing it maybe from someone for the first time, you see? So because nobody goes around saying you were awesome just then or you were great right there, you know, and that that's what a beautiful thing you did. You know, people don't often do that. And that's what we need more of more. It's more kindness. It's more truth, because the truth is that there's a lot of good things that our kids do. We just can't let them get away with it. We have to be on top of them and tell them. Right. That's right. Right. Good in the bed. Uh, No, I I think one of the fascinating things that I've heard from you uh, as we were prepping for this uh, podcast uh, was you explaining to us the typical client, I guess, if you want to call it, or patient that you work with. Do you want to touch a little bit on who do you see sort of come through your facility more than others? Yeah. So we have a lot of um, young people who are going from middle school into high school right now um, and more and more every day. So 13 year olds, 14 year olds, and this is a big, tough time for them. It's uh, stressful. It's anxiety producing. They, they spent eighth grade uh, home. And now they're going into the big high school and making that change. So they need some help with with managing their anxiety, with their nervousness. Who are they going to eat lunch with? What's it going to be like? Right. And then I remember those days. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, but there was no one to talk to. You no, just there wasn't. sort of showed just up. You're like, out, yeah. walk into that lunchroom. Like, great. Where do I go now? So, you can feel it oh, yeah. right now. You can. But even then feel imagine it. putting COVID on top of this and right. all the isolation. Yes. Right. So the pressure on these children in today's environment, given to this pandemic that we're still going through, is enormous. The other um, issues that we're finding in that same age group and a little bit older is um, the the amount of time spent online without social interactions. And there are there are some dangers associated with that. People who uh, claim to be somebody else. So I've heard of a lot of schools dealing with. Um, young girls or boys, you know, young boys too, who are talking to people online who are strangers, in fact, from other states, from other areas. And sometimes I think the parents need to really get in touch with who they're talking to. It can be quite dangerous for, for them. Um, they're often older people and it's, um, it's, it's, it can be dangerous. So being careful with that, going back to the social go uh, face-to-face contact with people. Um, this is 
when you are sitting in your house for one year and you're not socializing with anybody and you're not dressing <laughs> from the waist down, basically, right. <laughs> or you're in your pajamas <laughs> and you haven't gotten your hair done and you haven't been able to get a haircut or whatever, you get really comfortable. I think it's uncomfortable right now that we have to go back to school and back to facing people and clean in, you know, showering and wearing the right clothes and everything. So I think this is very stressful for people. It's a change in mindset. And so um, some people are really struggling with that. The other group that we're seeing are young adults. And so the young adults who have graduated from high school, who may be in college or may not be, um, who are really struggling with finding their sense of purpose in life. And so when we don't have a sense of purpose, it's hard to enjoy your life. It's hard to get up and walk around and to... Um, right, there's no motivation to do anything. Yeah. You, know, you got they, it. They're missing dorm life. They're missing that whole mm -hmm. college experience. And now they're yeah. you know, like, what am I doing besides sitting, you know, I don't say sitting in the basement at home, but mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're mm -hmm. stuck at home. Yeah. So... And you lose that sense of purpose and that takes meaning out of your life. And it's steals you, your joy. It really does in yeah. peace. So Shelly, we have uh, about five minutes left. So for the listeners and, mm -hmm. and, and people that are tuning into this podcast, how do they contact you? How do they get a hold of you? Do maybe a little bit of a, of a download on how do people get sure. in touch with someone like yourself mm -hmm. and what the typical process you know, yeah. would look like, how many appointments, meetings, and so on? Great. So um, you can call us. Um, you can go online. First of all, we have the, a great website um, that's um, user friendly and it has all of our contact information. You could um, send us. I receive emails um, from that website from people who are. What's the website address? It is um, hopeforhealingcenter.com. So hopeforhealingcenter.com. Um, so you can email us. You can call us. You can, um, we're right here in Avon at 60 Avon Meadow Lane um, on the second floor. When you call or email, we do get back to you very quickly. Um, we try to answer all of our phone calls. Um, we, we don't use an answering service because we want to be present for the people who are calling and give them the help that they need, which is kind of funny because most of the time people go, oh, I thought I was going to get the voice. Yeah. <laughs> they don't want to talk to anyone. They don't want to talk right. to you. That's right. <laughs> so, um, but we're, we're there. We try to answer the phones and we also have an, uh, a wide array of hours. Okay. So um, because we know it's hard for people to get there, we still see people by video if they choose that. So we don't force anybody to come in, but we also have people coming into the office. So we are trying to put together a small groups as well, especially for eight different age groups like 12, 13, uh, 14, 15, and 16 and 17 year olds. We've separated them out like that. So we would love to have the uh, groups of, of um, people, young people come in and go through this COPE program. And they don't have to necessarily be struggling with depression or anxiety. Um, they can just come in to learn coping techniques, learn thought, you know, learning how to identify negative thoughts and change them into positive. And this will serve them for the rest of their lives. Um, it's a seven week program. And each time they come, it would, they would be in the office for an hour and a half um, with a group of their peers and with uh, licensed independent social workers and nurse practitioners. So 
So they have like the support group with yeah. kids that are experiencing the same thing. Yes. So they don't feel, you know, isolated and right. different. That's right. And I think that's great. I think it's a great program that for everything you've said is, yeah. you know, yeah, feels I, like something they need. It's, yeah. that, that's need that's the point. I think what I'm getting out of it is that it's okay to call, yeah. you know, even if you're not sure, mm-hmm. you know, if you have any doubts yes. that there's something might be happening in a child's life, you just call, mm-hmm. you just reach out to somebody. And if there's nothing there, then you come in and you tell them there's nothing there. There's nothing to worry about, but I'd rather be safe than sorry. Right. Right. Is what I'm kind of getting out of this yes. conversation. Right. And you know, um, the, the, the young people who have come through this program, we've had several come through indi- individually, not by the group, um, love this. They love it. It's, uh, they're excited about it. They love to, to talk about, you know, themselves and what's going on. They love to hear that they're not alone. Um, it's a relief um, that other people their age struggle with similar things. Um, and so when they leave, they feel like they're girded up. They're not alone. The right. world. Yeah. yeah. They have a solution. They have something yes. they can use now to a help toolbox. with their, exactly. Yeah. And they know they're not weird. Yes. Which right. is the key. There's they, somebody else that's experiencing the same thing. It's, it's okay. Yeah. I, I think this is great. And as we wrap this up, yeah. um, is there anything that you want to kind of put out there before we kind of wrap this up? I thought this was very helpful. Adam. What do you no, think? No, I mean, yeah, it's it's just something that is so important right now. Mm-hmm. You know, school starting, summer's ending, and <laughs> you know that that stress for parents and for their kids it's it's there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's just great information. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. And we love to meet as many people as we can and offer as much assistance as it, if, when we can. Um, and we find this, this is, feels like our, uh, this is our passion. This, we love the kids. We love the adults and everybody who's come through. So this is something we're so blessed to be able to be a part of and to be able to, to help people with. And this program is fantastic. I mean, it, it's really quite helpful. Yeah. Hopefully this information gets, you know, people out there listening that they're like, wow, I've been looking for this. They got, you know, an ounce of info on this that they know what to do. Maybe they're experiencing the exact same stuff and had no idea what to do. So yeah, hopefully no. we could help, help people out there. You're absolutely right. And Shala, we want to thank you for coming in, being our first guinea pig on yeah. our podcast. That's <laughs> kind of cool. Thank you for having me. And thank we are you. lucky to have you in our community oh, as part of the membership here at the Chamber, Evan Kenton Chamber of Commerce. So uh, with that, uh, thank you so much for coming in. Yeah, Adam, thanks for was, joining us. It's good doing you. it with yeah, you. <laughs> this is, you know, first run. So I think we did pretty good. <laughs> thank, thank you all. Thank you so much.